This will be page two and three on your chanting books, and we'll uh, chant it in the Pali language. Uh, if you're not familiar with the Pali language, just sort of listen and mumble with some reverence. Patipanno Bhagavato Savaka Sangho Sangham Namami Annamayam Buddhasa Bhagavato Pupabhaka Namakarang Romasi Namo andasa bhagavato arahato vadhamma zambudhasa Namo andasa bhagavato arahato vadhamma zambudhasa Namo andasa Gavato Arahato Sama Sambudasa 
So to to um, set set the proper framework for the retreat, we're going to uh, offer the eight precepts. So this is a group determination, and uh, the custom is that uh, a member of, of the assembly requests makes a request for the eight precepts, and then the eight precepts are given. So there's a sense of a call and response that helps to knit us together in this particular determination. So is there someone who'd like to request the eight precepts? And Some of you might be um, on a medical for some uh, particular reason eating in the afternoon, but you could take all the other precepts. So that's one to five and then seven and eight. Num- um, so I'm going to start and then if you can repeat after me. I don't know what page. Can you just look in your books? What is it? 134. So we'll we'll start by um, reciting Namo Tassa. And this is homage to the Buddha. And if you're some of you are very new to this, so just think of if you may not know much about the Buddha, but he was a great teacher, and we're, we're praising the teacher, we're expressing gratitude. So that's very benign. <laughs> and then we're going to take refuge in the awakened wisdom of the Buddha. It's not necessarily in the person of the Buddha and in the teachings themselves, and in all of those noble beings who have practiced over the centuries and, and paved the way for us to follow in their footsteps. So these are beautiful um, determinations to make. They really help us to gather our energy in the direction of our intention to practice here together. And then the precepts are the foundation for our virtue, which as a, a community that we are now, spiritual community, is really important. As important as there is a foundation for this building we're sitting in. So we're entering into a temple of virtue and purification. And then that will be mirrored by our inner intention, which we're about to articulate together. Namo tassa bhagavato 
Arahato Sama Sambuddhasa Namo Tassa Bhagavato Arahato Sama Sambuddhasa Namo Tassa Bhagavato Arahato Sama Sambuddhasa Buddham Saranam Gachami Dhammam Saranam Gachami Sangam Saranam Gachami Dutiampi Bhutang Saranam Gachami Dutiampi Dhammang Saranam Gachami Dutiampi Sangam Saranam Gachami Tatiampi Bhutang Saranam Gachami Tatiampi Dhammang Saranam Gachami Tatiampi Sangam Saranam Gachami Tisarana kamana nititang Panati pata Vedamani sikabadang samadhyami Adhinadana Vedamani sikabadang samadhyami Abramacharya Viramani Sikha Badang Samadhyami Musawada Viramani Sikha Badang Samadhyami Sura Meraya Majapamadatana Veramani Sikabadang Samadhyami Vikala Bhojana Veramani Sikabadang Samadhyami Nacha Gita Vadita Visukha Dasana Veramani Sikha Nacha, well, sorry, doing the ten. 
Nachagita, Wadinta Wisuka Dasana, Malakanda, Wilepana, Dharana Mandana, Wibhusana Tana, Wiramani Sikabadang Samadhyami. Uchasayana Mahasayana Vedamani Sikabadang Samadhyami Imani Ata Sikabadani Samadhyami Imani Atta Sikabadani Samadhyami Imani Atta Sikabadani Silena Sukatinyanti Silena Boka Sampada Silena Nibutinyanti Tasama silang wiso taye. Is it possible to have a little water to drink? Thank you. Contemplating the uh, beautiful words of these precepts and what they mean for our intention here coming to this retreat center and practicing together. Thank you. And by coming here, what you have done essentially is you've You've left the world. You've left the world behind. You're about to leave the world of your cell phone behind too. (laughs) Which is probably a very big attachment these days for people. And uh, imagine um, if you were at home on your own and somebody said, just don't use your cell phone for a week 
it would be really difficult. But when you leave home and you come to a place where everyone else is doing that, there's a support for it. The world doesn't support this kind of giving up. And so what you're doing here is going forth. Going forth for um, a monastic is not just for a week, usually. It's for a little longer. And this word, the pabaja, the pabaja is a going forth act. But you mean, it means that we give up the pleasures of the world. And people often start with eight precepts, some start with more. And uh, those precepts are like a net that protect. So the going forth is really the first step into that that web of protection. It's not a web of interaction. It's a web of leaving behind the world and trying to focus on the inner world. It's a very important turning point, a turning inward. And what a wonderful thing that we have such good company, all of us together, creating this space of enabling that action that intention, that purification. In the Buddha's uh, teaching, there are three kinds of pavaja, this going forth. One of them is sila pavaja, going forth into this um, beautiful fabric. Of this. It's like we, we wear the fabric of the robe, so you've put on the robe of virtue. It's invisible. But it's your precepts. If you hold them as something precious, then you take sila pabaja. Sila pabajita is one who takes the going forth into virtue. This is not promoted in the world very much. What's promoted in the world is not going forth into virtue. It's getting, it's not renouncing, it's acquiring, accumulating possessing, attaching to. So the going forth into virtue is a leaving behind, a giving up, a renunciation. And the value of it is um, that we get a certain freedom from not being encumbered by all our possessions. You have a little suitcase with a few things that you're going to wear for a week. You don't have to think too much. When something's dirty, you put something else on. And you, you won't have your cell phones. And so there's a lot of distraction that you're giving up. You can't connect to your friends, your activities, your schedules. It's so simple here. It's simplification. So we become content with little. We give up so many things in the world to focus on something that's actually really important for us. So this uh, giving up is a discipline. And all of us are here doing the same thing. We create a culture of a code of discipline. Follow these eight precepts. So it's a sense restraint. You, You won't be able to eat what you want, can't go to the fridge and decide when you're going to have a sandwich or 
a bowl of yogurt or whatever. But when it's given, you'll eat it. So it's really a pabaja, it's going forth. And, and almost living like alms mendicants. You can't go out and buy treats and sweets to munch on. And you give up food in the afternoon. These are very unusual for people living in the world. But here, in this spiritual dimension, they're vital. They give us the, the freedom to explore in a completely different direction. And it's a direction that the world also is not too concerned about. It's exploring the heart, the mind-heart, and how the process of body-mind interaction works to study what, what is going on within. It's a whole field of investigation. Many of you have been doing this for decades, or years, or months. And there are a handful that are quite new to this. Don't be scared. This is a time-trodden path. And these precepts, this renunciation that you're going to undertake will give you a little bit of initial, like a burst of happiness. It's almost exciting, like, well, what would it be like to not have to worry about what you're going to eat and what you're going to wear and even what you're going to do, just to explore the in and out breath, the sensations in your body, the states of your mind, the feelings of your, your body and mind, what, what is coming and what is falling away. The second type of pabajita is samadhi. Pabachita. Once virtue is established, you've undertaken a code of discipline, you agree to restrain your senses. You're not going to taste your favorite taste, maybe, and you're not going to listen to your favorite music, you're not going to burn the incense you like, you're not going to um, go out sightseeing. You have to Keep your eyes downcast and look inward into the state, the condition of the heart. So, content with little, our energy is freed for this inner investigation. And this gives us seclusion of mind. So this going forth into the stillness of the mind, the potential stillness of the mind, we're creating the conditions for, we have physical seclusion, then we develop the going forth into samadhi, which is stilling the formations of the mind, stilling and clearing out the, the distraction, focusing our attention on one object so that the mind doesn't stray like a little dog, puppy dog, untrained, will stray in every direction, very difficult to control. But by putting it on a leash, as precepts is our leash, and pulling on it, and bringing it back every minute to that one direction, pointing it in one direction, the direction of Nibbana, of freedom from all this distraction. And Samadhi is, our, is a 
resting place, the mind that is able to settle and become still and stable and steadfast. The mind that is usually so distracted by the world, here with this renunciation, we can begin to taste um, a letting go of these defilements that enslave us, these the, the sense bases that drag us out into every way of experiencing the world and the different uh, experiences that the world offer, the different uh, sense, sensory hits that we're used to getting, not available. Yeah, a couple of meals, uh, a few laughs here and there, a beautiful sunset or but what can the heart experience that will give us that, that happiness? So we begin to experience the freedom from the hindrances, an inner peace, an inner bliss. And this is called the samadhi pabachita, going forth into that inner tranquility and calm. And it, it is there for us to discover Many of you have discovered and developed it. This is um, a more refined level of going forth. It's very private. You can't record it. You can't show it to anyone. It's a, it's a treasure that you discover on your own. It's a solitary journey, even though we're together, but we're all making that, that same trail through the wilderness and confusion of, of the untrained mind into the understanding and knowledge of the trained mind. So once that journey is developed based on the, these beautiful precepts, the seclusion of mind develops based on the restraint of the sense doors and only focusing on studying the mind, studying the, the mental and physical processes, the world of the body-mind, and our inner experience, consciousness, at the five sense bases, and thought. This is really um, a unique and exhilarating journey, and we develop a, a deep, peace. And when that peace matures, we take yet another step into the pabajita, the the going forth into wisdom. That's the third level of opening into uh, a a different way of seeing and understanding where even our obsessive thought can be stilled and wisdom can arise at deeper and deeper levels. This is called panya papachita. So our understanding bears fruit. And these fruits um, give us tools for transforming our lives in quite profound ways. So we're actually developing the, uh, the refuge that what we articulated at the beginning, three refuges, refuge in 
Buddha Dhamma Sangha, as we uh, work to cultivate this path and uh, experience the papacita, the going forth at deeper and deeper levels, we are enabling ourselves to understand these refuges more truly. Like we become protected. It's not just the sila at the level of these precepts, but it's the sila at the level of the purification of the mind. So that the hindrances of greed, of aversion, sense, desire, and aversion, the two really big ones, which also are expressed by restlessness, anxiety, and the, uh, the dullness or uh, exhaustion of the mind. So we energize, we, we develop an, a strength and a perseverance, uh, a force within us that the, the purity of the mind, the clarity of the mind, the understanding of the mind as it develops, endow our hearts with. And then we also uh, dissolve our doubt. Many of you may vacillate and think, I don't know, this might not work for me, I can't do it, I don't have the, you know, yada, 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 and just those kind of voices, they, they, they get quiet. They lie down and wither. Because the mind becomes trained and powerful, confident, your faith, is, is verified faith through the understanding, the insight, wisdom that arises from that depth of clarity. So then you begin to really ripen in this gone forth a wisdom, a wise seeing emerges from the still, stilled mind, the tranquil, the, the equanimous mind, balanced. And we can come back from that kind of work into our life with a, a very precious treasure that is not, it's, it's not just something that you have here when you're in this hall, with this um, special congregation of, of beings interested, aspiring to realize the truth. But you can turn towards beings in the world who may not have that aspiration and touch them with your presence. Not by trying to convert them, but just by being more peaceful, and they, they get curious. They, they like it. It's, it's so beautiful. It is a purity. It's the most beautiful dress or garment that you could wear, is the peace in your heart and the wisdom in your mind. So then you, and the virtue of your speech, conduct, and thought, you bring that to the world, it's a blessing. So we bless, we, we get blessed as we go forth into virtue, 
the cultivation of the heart, the stilling of the heart, and the flowering of wisdom. We get blessed by that, but then we also carry those blessings back into the world and share them. Our work, whatever work we do, will also be touched by our energy. And we can um, do great, great good. So I'll stop there for now. Just offering welcome to everyone. Resonating with refuge. All of us at some time or another need support. Some of us need it uh, physically. Most of us need it psychologically sooner or later. And if we're really honest about it, all of us need it all the time. <laughs> At a deep level. Yeah. Because of the we're born here. We're born here. Do I need to go into details? <laughs> you know. So it's uh, a world of separation and uh, impingement. And uh, aging, sickness, death. Uh, and uh, the beauties that Aya has presented are delightful to hear and I think some of the delight is to hear something, someone speaking this when so much of the time one is hearing messages that that are contradictory to that tone (laughs) and we need refuge from all that and we need support from all that. So above all this, uh, this is, you know, call it meditation, it's a retreat, it's some meditation but really to open and expand the idea of what we are here for and the sila and the relinquishment and then taking in uh, refuge, support. And this practice is there to the Tathagata, the Buddha teaches out of compassion for the welfare of beings. Uh, A teaching the Dhamma upholds those who uphold it from falling into delusion. If you uphold it, if you make an effort with it, 
it will come back, it will hold you up. Yeah. This is the, the beauty of that gone forth that I uh, talked about. View with integrity, you know, open, let go, something will lift you for sure in this refuge context. And we're here, hopefully, to sample that and share that and um, deepen into that. The world in general is riddled with fear of death, pain, sorrow. doesn't see anything beyond that. Here we have a chance to see beyond that realm of separation and uh, into something deeper, more marvelous that we all as human beings have potential access to and perhaps most of us a lot of the time are not getting enough reminders of that and where that is and the occasions to practice it, to find it. I know some of you have given, traveled a long way, some of you have worked hard and looked at your wage packet and realized, you know, okay, I'll, I'll give that up so that I can come and retreat, you know. Rather than work, I'll put that aside and, you know, come on retreat. I'll uh, take that. Uh, some of you have traveled far. You've relinquished possibilities of, g- of gaining and earning to try to touch into this reality. And, uh, you know, you, you deserve respect and support for that. A refuge is also uh, protection. And there are two kinds of protection. Or The Buddha offers the refuge. He says the Buddha can be your refuge. The Dhamma can be your refuge. The Sangha can be your refuge. Move that way. And then you must be a refuge to yourself. You're the one who's practicing. You're the one whose heart is opening. Be careful, be steady with that, take refuge in that. And also, you can be a refuge to others. Mm. Or that in you which is taken refuge and valuing it can be a refuge to others. And famously the Buddha said, how In protecting oneself, does one protect others? Mm, By practicing four establishments of mindfulness. Mm, Be mindful of your body, your thoughts, your moods, your emotions, aware of them, not reacting to them, not throwing them out onto other people. Being mindful of those qualities in us that well up and move through as phenomena, just as phenomena. And that's, that's the seal of value, is it, it helps to check us from acting carelessly on what arises in our bodies and minds. One of the qualities, the eminent quality of seal, if you look at it in, in another way, it's the gift of fearlessness. So when you cultivate sila, you give fearlessness to other beings. You say, you do not need to fear me. It's what you're offering. 
You have no need to fear me. I will not take anything from you. I will not hurt you. I will not look at you with disdain. I will not deceive you. I will not corrupt your mind with my deceitful words. You need you need you can be free from fear here anxiety this is a marvelous quality to offer to others now remember friends uh, you all came here i imagine most of you came alone or with maybe one other person you're now in a group of a hundred people And often when one comes on retreat, one's coming with the idea of, well, my Zafu, my Zambutan, my practice. And there's these other things called noises that are around me. (laughs) That make the shuffle around and make noises. (laughs) Is that beautiful? Would you like to be considered to be a noise? Or would you like to be fearful of making a noise in case somebody gets upset? You've got to walk around in a constant state of anxiety. Wouldn't you just say, look, bodies are noisy. (laughs) I'll do my best, but it's... uh, (laughs) I'll do my best. I'll be mindful. But I am in a group of 100 people. And that means many things. It means you see all these various objects around, different faces and shapes and colors and sizes, and that you, there are feelings that come with that. And when you're seen by others, there are feelings that come with that. And spending time in the retreat situations and talking to people one-on-one I just hear so many times this phrase, I don't feel safe with groups. I can't relax in big groups. I don't feel safe if there are men somewhere near me. I don't feel safe when I see white faces. I feel slightly anxious. I don't feel comfortable. I hear this, and maybe one of the reasons people come to these situations is this could be a possibility of feeling safe, comfortable. Wouldn't that be beautiful if we could feel in some way each of us has contributed to somebody else finally feeling a little more safe and comfortable? Just to consider, you know, if you spent some time, a week or so, and you came at the end of thinking, eight people who didn't feel safe felt safe because of what I didn't do and what I did do. That would be, I think, rather worthwhile. <laughs> yeah. That we're somehow lessening the weight of fear in this society and reactivity and shame and so forth. So by practicing mindfulness. Yeah. And the Buddha said, and how in protecting others do you protect yourself? 
How in protecting others do you protect yourself? Hmm? By practicing patience, by practicing harmlessness, non-intrusion, by practicing kindness, by practicing sympathy, by protecting others, you protect yourself from impatience, pushiness, demanding, yeah? <coughs> stubbornness, cutting corners. I want mine. I go, I need, I want. You know, we protect ourselves from these corruptions of heart by protecting others. You say, please help me to be more deferential, more sensitive to your needs so that my headstrong heart, my self-orientation can be a little more quiet and I can, we can share this place together. Harmlessness, non-intrusion. And just bear in mind how violated people are. Yeah. I hear this a lot. And sometimes I just, I bow, realizing my parents never laid a finger on me. They never threw me out. They didn't get drunk and fight. <laughs> they, were, they were kind of decent. I didn't think it was, I think that, didn't think it was that special. <laughs> yeah. And that was the case for everyone. Mm. And I could walk down the street, you know, feeling I could just walk down the street, day, night. Nobody's going to do a number on me. You know, I didn't have. I had a male body. Oh, well, it's normal, isn't it? No. And nobody's going to shout out names because of the colour of my skin. Or look at me like I was a criminal. Because I had white skin, I thought it was normal. Is that normal, isn't it? No. Everybody's going to look at me with suspicion. I wouldn't feel ashamed of my sexuality because it was normal. I'm normal. Yeah. And how much violation has occurred historically, culturally, um, it's kind of infected. Uh, so, just to look at each other with honouring eyes. You know. So, yeah, we're sort of not deliberately connecting. But we will see each other. We will move past each other in lines. We will go for breakfast. We will go to food. And you recognise there are people here, to a degree, I don't know who, but many, some people here will certainly feel the sense of nervousness or anxiety or feeling they should go last or you know and you just want to open space a sense of you know offering that that sense of honoring and protecting and please feel free please you know so this is 
You know, we're a community both of aspirants but as people who suffer. You know, somebody asked me, why did you choose Buddhism as a religion? And I said, because I suffer. <laughs> There's nothing more noble than that. <laughs> and when you get a teacher saying, there is suffering, you think, yeah, I got it. You know, and there is a cessation, you know, that's it. Yeah. So we're also beings who have impacted suffering. Uh, of fear and hurt and uh, self-criticism and not feeling good enough and you know feeling comparisons with others and feeling compared with others and all that kind of stuff. A lot of it is socially impacted. And now we're a society, a strange, quiet, refuge society. And let's make our society here worthy of refuge. You know, Look out for those signs. May I be less, putting less pressure on others, less pushing myself, offering space, yeah? kindness, just to, you know, have a look around occasionally and bear in mind people near or far, just generating a general atmosphere of goodwill to others and to myself. Sympathy. Put yourself in somebody else's shoes. What do you think it'd be like to be her? Or this guy? Or the person who looks like they're having difficulties? That sympathy. How would it be to be in his shoes? And that's not... Uh, so this... Making it less self. And in this we actually protect our hearts from casualness, from opinionatedness, from headstrong, from I'm getting mine, from, you know, we protect our heart from these terrible corruptions that have caused, magnified and caused so much dissent in people's lives. So this is our, one of our practices is just this. You know, you're walking a junk, walking a walking path. You know, remember if somebody's walking a walking path. They're open, they're sensitive. Please give them space. Don't just walk straight across there. By <laughs> lot, you know, give them some room. And uh, if somebody's making some sounds next to you, do you think they're doing it deliberately to annoy you? Maybe they just got some restless quality in them. Yeah, just be a bit more generous, and it will pay off. This is certainly our practice training in communities. I've lived in communities oh, a long while, <laughs> <laughs> and you know a lot of it is just this. Yeah, we're stuck here for a while. <laughs> Can we get on? You know, somebody wants the window open, somebody wants it closed. Somebody's shuffling in late. You know, somebody's sniffing, somebody's coughing, somebody's sobbing. Shut up. <laughs> and you see this thing in your mind that's so, you know, ungenerous. 
And a lot of practice is just acknowledging to say, oh, please take me away from this nasty, ungenerous mind. Right now, I know this is just, uh, this is the source of the violence in the world. So in looking after others in this quiet, non-intrusive way, we are, in fact, we are cultivating Dhamma. And it upholds us from falling into the delusion of self-obsession, isolation, uh, and disrespect. Uh, You know, sometimes people are, I, I think, I see many faces that I've seen before, and you've, you know, so we we have some we've have shared time together. Maybe some new people, just to bear in mind, you know, if you have apprehensions about monks and nuns, you know, feeling a bit awkward or what they like, consider, you know, what is respect. Consider us as people who regard you with respect. Then you'll find the right way of behaviour. It'll be automatic. If you see us as people who see you with respect, see that which is res- worthy respect in you, you'll automatically find the right way to behave to us. Don't worry about me being something or another. <laughs> Just realise I respect you, I care for you. Bear that in mind, you'll know how to relate. We're not looking at particular refined customs or being super polite. It's it's genuine. Mm. And it'll work. So I'd like to um, uh, finish this evening's uh, introductions with uh, shared uh, shared, um, blessing which uh, I encourage you to participate in. And this will be a little thing called the snake. And uh, this involves all you in it. We use ritual a lot. And ritual is a way of just touching into particular values and meanings and presenting them in, in, you know, in actions or words or symbols. And this one will be, what we're going to do is start a little chant uh, which is a mantra, in other words, repeated with four words metta, karuna, mudita, upeka, kindness, compassion, uh, altruistic gladness, and equanimity. Uh, so these are qualities of heart, quite natural, beautiful qualities of heart. We'll start with this, and then what we're going to do is um, we have uh, some water here. And water, we use water as a blessing, just because it's pure, it's clean, it's cool, it, it's, it symbolizes something that's pure, clean, natural, no cosmetic, no additives. Just <laughs> <laughs> and of course, it's our most fundamental food, is to drink water, apart from air, you know, you can't go along without water. So it's a very natural, beautiful thing, and of course, it's pure. And so we sprinkle it, and we're going to sprinkle everyone. 
And actually what we want to do is to get you also into that. So you'll also be blessing each other. Right? And we're going to weave along. So what we do is we're going to come weaving along in our, in our little line along here. And then we're going to snake around. Oh, yeah. And as we pass by you, so Aya will be holding the, bringing up the rear. And as she passes by you, get up. Stand, as she passes by you, get up and stand behind her, join the line. And gradually the line gets longer and longer as we weave around. <laughs> and as she, as she passes, you get up and join the end of the line. So we start this long, the snake gets longer and longer. If you can, keep the chant going. And then we will start just gently sprinkling water, not too much, you know. And then we'll, <laughs> we'll pass that down the line so that sometime in that process, this bowl of water will arrive in your hands. And you just take the switch and just flick, flick in all directions so that anybody around can receive your blessing and just bring up the sense of, you know, this is goodwill. A little bit of contact that's impersonal, safe, slightly childlike, slightly playful. Um, so it helps to maybe break up um, the, 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 seg the boxy quality. You know, we're on our little cube, as it were, just to help break that up into something a little more flowing and interconnected without uh, being personal. Yeah. So, is that okay? Yeah. So, what we'll need to do is, is to create enough space between the rows. So, uh, and so as you're walking past, you want to walk so that you're definitely not, you know, trying to avoid kind of crush, squashing anybody, but definitely you feel, you know, you're not kind of contracting against people. You feel relaxed, and maybe you might touch somebody gently but that's not the point you might brush up against but ideally you know the lack of lack of impingement so we move along freely and just take the chance to just flick and do that one or two times and then pass it down so that everybody gets a chance to 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 share the blessings and feel what you feel feel what you feel uh, so bearing each other in mind with the heart of goodwill. And, okay. So let's uh, start the mantra. This often gets chaotic. <laughs> and one thing I hope you'll bear in mind, bear it be, 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 uh, uh, gracious towards towards us, especially me. We're not are not that good at getting things exactly right on time. <laughs> you know, so things tend to flop over a bit. But uh, that's that's nature. Karuna, Mudita, whom pay come. 
Nagaruna Mureta Hope Kamedangaruna Mureta Hope Kamedangaruna Mureta Hope Kamedangaruna Mureta Hope Kamedangaruna Mudita hope came